0: I'm enjoying the best cup of coffee ever. I want to thank the hands that roasted these beans. I want to thank the hands that grew the beans. I want to thank the people who packaged this coffee and ground it. All the distributors, the person who delivered it to the store where I could then buy the coffee, bring it back into my house, turn a knob on my sink, and running water comes out. I boil the running water, wow, I make it hot, I pour it over the coffee, I wait and then press the coffee maker down and watch the liquid turn this beautiful color that I then can consume, wow, this alchemy in my kitchen every day just because I have coffee and I have running water. This is Shaggy Radio, a radio station by and for people with Parkinson's. I'm Heather Kennedy. This is your morning missive. And these simple luxuries we take for granted, not everyone has running water. I have a key that I can turn in my car and move down the street because I can, I can drive anywhere I want. What? That's cool. I can go anywhere. I don't have to walk. Sometimes I can't walk. Sometimes I can't drive. Not everyone can drive, what a luxury. However, I can't count on my body to work. Sometimes I'll will my hand to do something and my hand won't do it. I wanna take a step and my foot doesn't wanna work. It will freeze or curl painfully in a dystonic fit. I feel betrayed by my body. Many of us with Parkinson's are frustrated and angry and depressed, despondent, apathetic, anxious, because our bodies don't work. It's not just chemical, although we have this chemical storm, because between our medications and the basic symptoms of Parkinson's, we're in a world of hurt. What do you do with all that pain, that chronic pain, that frustration of not being able to move? And when you do move sometimes, I know it's painful. I listen carefully to what everyone in our community is saying people are in tremendous pain, agony. They feel depressed. They feel abandoned by their healthier counterparts. Many have lost relationships, marriages. And although these things take to, there is a lot of persecution at work. Many people are afraid to even tell anyone they have Parkinson's because it's a motor symptom disorder. And they're afraid that they'll be persecuted at work or lose their job. They'll be humiliated, judged, treated differently. People will say, oh, poor you, sympathetically, instead of just having compassion that everyone suffers and that it's okay. You can work with Parkinson's. A lot of us take many pills a day just to be able to function at a basic level. And just to get to that basic level is exhausting. Every step requires a lot more energy than it used to. These things that we took for granted. It's not just like turning on the faucet. My faucet works better than my body many days. So, what do we do with all this? It is our responsibility to communicate. No one can read our minds. We must communicate Parkinson's experiences to everyone around us, at least the people who care about us. And if we have friends who are highly structured type A perfectionists. We must learn how to allow flexibility in those relationships because we can't always show up at 3 p.m. sharp. We may not be there until 3.15, 3.20 because we couldn't get out the door fast enough or we needed to wait for a ride or we had other factors. There are things happening too quickly now and the world is speeding up as we're slowing down. One of the incredible gifts of slowing down is that I notice more. I talk to every person who's a retiree at the Y now. I go to the YMCA on my way into the club yesterday, just to do some stretching, because that's all I could get through. Maybe a little boxing. Um, By the way, my heavy bag is called Harvey Weinstein. Just want you to know I'm going to break that bag one of these days. Um, Anyway, Harvey, you're going down. So as I was done boxing and stretching at the gym, I met some more people. But anyway, on the way in, this couple, I met them. And it was because I was moving so slowly that I actually noticed them. So thank you, Parkinson's, for slowing me down enough so that I could meet two people. I won't say their names, but they were married for 61 years so far. And I looked at them and I stood back and I said, you still get along? (laughs) I said, how do you communicate? And the guy's like, sign language. (laughs) and then I said, oh, wow, and then I asked them if they were in pain because they looked sad when I told them I had Parkinson's, and I said, well, everyone has pain. you know. Are are you in pain? And the husband said, well, I am a pain, (laughs) and they started laughing. They were absolutely great, and humor gets them through because you know they've had hardships. They have four children together and six grandchildren. They've been through some things. They've seen some things, They were also people who had immigrated from another country. They had to learn a whole new language 30, 40 years ago. Wow. I just marveled at them. And on the way out of the club, the YMCA, very fancy, (laughs) I found another person that I hadn't seen for a while. And boy, did he look worse for where he was kind of limping and I barely recognized him. And I said, oh, what happened? Are you okay? You know, your foot. Oh, no. And he had had a stroke. He was recovering in the stroke program there. And this was a guy that was just strapping, just boom, you know, had so much power before. And he said, this has been a humbling experience. I can barely dress myself. And I just listened. And I let him talk and talk. Because... I made time in between my transitions of getting from the Y to my meetings and getting back to the phone calls. I made space to savor those moments. That's the real stuff, folks. That's when you stay present. You're not thinking about what you need to do next or how important it is that you get to this next thing. If you can, make those luxurious spaces, schedule them in if you need to, to just pause and look around. Gather your feet. If you have Parkinson's, you know that cluttering happens not only with speech, but with your walking too. You can kind of stumble. Take a few minutes in between everything. Look down at your feet, touch the ground, look around you, make eye contact with people. Tell people when they look nice or look at them and say, how are you today? Hey, what's up? Are we having fun yet? Make that banter. It is helpful to connect even with strangers. Now, I'm not saying to be like Billy on the street, who is a a comedian who plays on a show on Netflix and other places where he accosts people and shoves a microphone in their face in Manhattan, which has some really funny results. (laughs) If you ever get a chance, check out Billy Eichner, Billy on the street. A lot of people call him a word like obnoxious. I think he's funny. And he had some fun with Amy Poehler on the street the other day. (laughs) He's dragging her along with him. It's a pretty funny show. So I'm not saying to do that, but there's a way you can be friendly and feel it out. You know, know your audience or, or know know who you're around, feel out their energy. If you say hello to someone and they say they don't say hello back, maybe they didn't hear you or maybe they don't want to talk. Maybe they're, they're in the middle of something or they're listening to something in their ear that you just can't see. You have to let that stuff go. You can't be attached to anyone's response to your basic greeting of hello or whatever. Just like you can't be attached to any response from someone whom you apologize to. If you want to make amends to someone in the right way, you acknowledge their pain. You say, you are suffering. I might've caused some of your suffering. I think I did. I'm so sorry. I caused you suffering. Acknowledge their suffering. And then if they say, screw you, be like, okay, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. You can't be attached to an outcome. You can't say, well, I can't believe they didn't forgive me. And now I'm mad at them because they didn't forgive me. So I'm mad at them from this other thing. And then I did this other thing. And now I'm mad at them. They didn't forgive me. No, 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 no. Back it up. You got, you can't even ask for forgiveness until you're fully through it yourself. Anyway, you have to be ready and prepared for anything and how they respond to you is not your business. Just like how you responded to them is not theirs. You can only clean up your side of the street. That's right, folks. You are responsible. I've spent a lot of time vilifying exes when things didn't go right. And regardless of whether I think they deserved whatever harsh criticism I was giving, regardless of whether I might call someone else a name that I also am, it doesn't matter. I can only work on myself. It's very easy to project and um deny our own issues by you know projecting on others, well they did this, so I'm going to do this in response. Same thing with Parkinson's. Oh, I was in pain or my medication was off. We have all these excuses. Let's go back to responsibility, personal responsibility. And if we do hurt someone snapping because we are in pain, we can go back and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't handle that right. I I I know that I, you know, I caused you trouble, and, and I, I hurt you. You're hurt. Please forgive me. Just move on. We are only human. We can do the best we can and no more. Some of us are, are you know existing on emptiness. We don't even sleep. We can't even get proper nutrition. How are we, if I can't process nutrients, how am I supposed to function? This brain thing we know so little about in our world. We're all learning together. So the idea today is to listen more. I invite you to be in awe about something you normally take for granted, like your car starting or the running water. Not everybody has that. What a gift. How about the sunlight coming through a window? Or you can watch a little bug crawling along, like a little ladybug. Or the wind whipping through the branches of trees. I have a row of redwoods on the corner of my yard and I marvel at how the root system is so close to the surface and also interconnected. If one tree is not so healthy, it affects the whole line of trees, just like us. We're all interconnected. I have a quote here from Max Locato. Forgive and give as if it were your last opportunity. Love like there's no tomorrow, and if tomorrow comes, love again. There's a lot of talk in social media, at least, about failing and failing better. Not feeling better, but failing better, meaning it's okay to fail. Because failing is how we learn to do it better and to try to do it right next time. It's a practice, not a perfection. There's also Brene Brown's work on vulnerability. That that openness is actually the place where we are most powerful. I'm going to second that. We have to take the armor off, let the dragon scales slide off in order to be open enough to have compassion for ourselves and others. It's okay to have all these feelings. Go ahead and be almost neurotic with your anxiety. Feel it. That's part of Parkinson's. You're not nuts. You have a lot of reasons to feel anxious. Okay, so stay in that anxiety for a minute. You can make it catastrophic. Go ahead. You know, go ahead. See, you know, feel it all through. Like I've said before, just sit in it. Then move forward through it and say, okay, I was feeling anxious. I'm through it. It's not the end of the world. I got through this hour. Maybe I can get through the next one. Each breath becomes painful and excruciating. Sometimes I got through that breath. Let me see if I can get through the next one. No one's going to save you. No one's going to make everything right and swoop you up and fix everything. It's just one baby step at a time. We're doing the best we can. By practicing this self care and this awareness and this reflection and taking responsibility, we're doing a service to the world. People who meditate and pray and spend time in contemplation know this. If I'm right and grounded, then that's my gift to those around me. I then act from a place of love calm consideration rather than reactive angry bitter exhaustion depletion scarcity i want to believe there's abundance and there most certainly is if you dial into it if you sit still and breathe in and out and think about the world or take a walk in nature and look around you'll know there's an infinite amount of abundance what a gift and remember you have running water isn't that cool (laughs) So this has been a morning missive by Heather Kennedy for shaky radio. And the next morning missive is going to be talking about something very interesting, music and beats and how that helps you move. It can help you get ready in the morning and it can help you walk. Have you ever noticed how you can run or skip or cycle, but maybe you can't walk very smoothly. Let's talk about music. I'll be back soon for the next one. Have a great day.